0: You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, The Father's Dream. Enjoy. We put our confidence in you. You're the spirit that raised Christ from the dead. You are God in the earth right now. You are the agent of God and we give you glory. Thank you for who you are in our lives. Thank you for setting us free from every bondage and every deceit and every dark thing. Thank you for bringing us higher and deeper into a new level of glory this morning. Thank you for transforming us more so into the image of Christ. We're relying on you and because of your amazing love for us, We're leaving here today stronger than when we came in. We thank you for healings manifest in our midst this morning. We thank you for your health bursting forth in each and every body in this place. And for those listening, we thank you for miracles displayed in people's lives, not only here, but through the Internet. Father, we thank you for that's who you are. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we thank you for it all, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I'll tell you, Acts is my book. It is my book. All right. I love it. And I was reading through it uh, this week, and I love, I just love looking at the Holy Spirit alive in His people. Somewhere along the line, some, some Christians bought the lie that Acts was a, a unique time in history, and it's over. I don't know why they ever believe that. It's not over. It's happening right now. The same spirit of Christ that was in Peter and Paul is in you. Yes. Amen. Peter, Paul, and Mary. <laughs> same spirit. And I love it. They're, they're going through a man 38 years. Was it 38 years? I, maybe, I don't know. But from his mother's womb was lame. And Peter said, look at us. And he said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And it says, immediately. Yeah. His feet and ankle bones became strong. That's not natural. That can't happen any other way but by the Spirit of God. And he leaped up and he began walking and leaping and praising God. And they were healing people and they were getting persecuted for it. But the Holy Spirit to him said, go and preach all the words of this life. This healing, delivering, immediately get strong life. It's a supernatural life that we have, and don't let anyone tell you that 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 was just for some special time to kickstart the church. We need the Holy Spirit now more than ever, more than ever, and He's here, and He's in our midst. He's in you if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, and He's in our midst, and He's longing to minister to you to strengthen and encourage you. He doesn't look down on you. He doesn't condemn you. He's not disappointed in you. He actually loves you, and you're on his mind 24-7. You can't, if you could try, but you can't even count the thoughts, the number of thoughts, good thoughts that he has towards you. That's how, uh, that's how enthralled he is with you, that he's thinking about you daily. In fact, you're right there on his refrigerator. You're right there. And every time he goes to that refrigerator, he sees you. (laughs) We're going to start a new series today. It's called The Father's Dream. The Father's Dream. Have you ever ever talked with someone about their dream? And all of us have dreams inside, but what's the Father's dream? It's inside of his heart. Do you know that God's heart is not off limits to you? In fact, when God gave Jesus, he gave us his heart. And there's a dream inside of God's heart, and it's a dream so powerful, so miraculous, so liberating, that when you begin to realize the dream in the Father's heart, it it will begin to transform the course of your life. You'll begin moving in his direction for your life. And the things that used to seem so important won't seem as important anymore. And new priorities will begin to grow inside of your heart. And you'll realize that heaven is your home. This earth is not what it's about. And you will begin to long to see the kingdom of God displayed in your life and in other people's lives. Talking about the father's dream, the chief aspiration of his heart, his life ambition. Do you know God has a life ambition? It's something so important to him that he gave all of his time, energy, and resources to enable it to happen. Let's start reading about it in John chapter 3. John chapter 3, the father's dream. Let's start in verse 16. How we doing? We good? Everyone's awake? All right. You can do a few few calisthenics if you need to. It's all right. Hey, Pastor Jerome and Patty and Breaking the Chains, how are you guys doing, man? It's great to see you guys. Awesome. These guys can lead us in some calisthenics, I'll tell you right now. A little workout, wake us up. They're such a blessing. We bless you guys. John 3.16 says, for God so loved. And wait, your religious goggles are off, right? Your religious earbuds are out. Come on, keep, keep him off. Don't put him back on. God so loved the world. Now, this is, we might as well pause right here. What did he do to the world? He loved the world. Does he still love the world? Yes. Or is that just a once-in, once you know, one-time thing? No. no, it's still true, isn't it? And I, we're pausing here because I kind of grew up getting the impression from the religion I was a part of that God did what he did because he was mad at the world. You know, like he had it. Basically, okay, I've just had it. I'm going to do this and fix things because I'm just done with you. No, that's not what the Bible teaches. It says God so loved the world. Well, now who's the world? You people, right? He's not talking about the planet we're living on, right? The earth is not a person. The earth wasn't made in the image of God. The earth is a thing that produces because God spoke to it. Right? So we don't worship this thing called the earth. God, it's, a, it's a rock. It's a thing God made. But he made people in his image. Amen. What kind of people did he make in his image? Americans? <laughs> All people. All. Every nation. Every tongue. Amen. Every tribe. Amen. Made in his image. And he loves everyone. Amen. God loves every tongue. Every tribe. Every nation. And he loved them so much that he gave. What did he give? Everything he could give. His one and only son. All time, all resources, all energy and power are wrapped up in Jesus. And God gave him. Why did he do that? That whoever, any tongue, any tribe, any nation, that whoever would believe in his one and only son, Jesus, would not perish, but have eternal life now one of our specialties at highway church is de-religifying people and we need to de-religify this term eternal life most christians don't know what eternal life is it's true are you doing okay can can we help you to experience eternal life Sometimes you've got to remove wrong thinking before you can experience what God has for you. Eternal life is not going to heaven. How we doing, Facebook? Now, if you have eternal life, you will go to heaven. But that's not what eternal life is. Eternal life is not existing forever. Do you know that every human being will exist forever? It's not a question of how long we exist. It's a question of the quality of our existence. If you have eternal life, you, you have a, a God quality of life. And when, and when you pass from this earth, you will be in heaven. Eternal life is not something off in the distant future that we don't understand. That's right, heaven on earth. Eternal life is not a religious doctrine. It's not an unobtainable, ethereal concept. It's a present day reality that God gave his son for you to experience and enjoy for the rest of your life. Amen. I don't have to define it because Jesus did. Let's look at what Jesus defined eternal life as in John 17, 3. Then we'll go back to John 3. This is Jesus, the son of God, defining eternal life for us. I'm going to go with his definition. Amen. Now this is eternal life, that they may, K-N-O-W, you. Notice there's no about between the know and the you. Not that they may know about you, that won't help you. That they may personally experience you, the only true God. Now this word, K-N-O-W, if you're not careful, you can just gloss right over it. But this was actually a word that we see in the scriptures. One of the places we see it, the same word is in Luke chapter 1, verse 34, when the angel Gabriel speaks to Mary and tells her that she's going to bear a son. Now, if you're an expert in biology and anatomy, you know that the only way a woman can become pregnant is if, if her reproductive system is joined with a man's reproductive system. But you've got to be an expert in biology and anatomy to know that, right? No. Yeah. Right? So Mary wasn't an expert in biology and anatomy, but she knew enough, or maybe she was, I don't know. But she knew enough that she was a virgin. She had never been with a man. She'd lived her life in devotion to the Lord. So she said, He Gabriel said to her, You're going to bear a son. She's thinking, hmm. And she said to him, How can this be in verse 34 of Luke 1? Luke 1.34, she said, How shall this be, seeing I know, K-N-O-W, not a man? Same word. Jesus said, this is eternal life that they may know. Yes. It's a word in, in these two contexts that communicates the intimacy between a husband and a wife. To know him as a wife knows her husband to have an intimate relationship with God the Father, to be joined with Him, to be united with Him. Now this is eternal life. This is the Father's dream. Now let's go back to John 3. Now that we know the definition of eternal life, let's read it with the definition. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but experience an intimate relationship with God. Knowing Him as their very own Father, joined with Him, one with Him, this is what we have. Verse 17 says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. So we don't do it either, right? Right. Never should a condemning statement come out of a believer's mouth about anyone. Never. If God does not condemn the world, if he sent his son to love the world, that's what we do. Surely we're not wiser than him. So we can meet anyone, they can be involved in anything, but we don't condemn them, we love them. Because that's the nature of our Father. Boy, the world needs a clear picture of the Father's heart, don't they? He's not a condemning God. He didn't send His Son for that. See how far uh, so many in the church have come where their services are are condemning services, where people don't want to come to church anymore because they're hearing condemnation. They're not hearing about the Father's heart. They're hearing about man's frustration with life. And that won't help anybody. You shouldn't be frustrated with the behavior of another. Because who's inside of you is greater than the conduct of human beings. The love inside of us is greater than the way anyone behaves. So if we're focused on Christ inside of us, the behavior of another won't frustrate us. And it's only the love of God that enables us to live like that. Amen, amen, so, where normally I could have someone in my life that would frustrate me, instead I'm loving them. That doesn't make sense. But that's the power of God's love inside of us. And that will change people's lives. For God to not send a son into the world to condemn the world. Uh, you're ready for some more de-religification? Right? We didn't come to church today, right? We don't come to church anymore. We became the church. We put our faith in Christ. We're assembled publicly because we are the church. But to save the world through Him. Well, what does that mean? S-A-V-E. Well, that's the English word we use for the Greek word sozo. Look how the Amplified says it. For God did not send the Son into the world in order to judge to reject, to condemn, to pass sentence on the world. You haven't done that to anyone, have you? I did. Ask them to forgive us, right? If you have done, say, forgive me yes. for the way I've treated you. I love you and God loves you. Yes. That doesn't mean you let someone walk all over you or abuse you or do wrong things to you, but you forgive them and you love them. You may have to keep your distance. Sometimes you have to love from a distance yes. because they're, 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 it's, there's uh, too much... Uh, risk involved, right? But that the world, so I can be separated from someone and still love them, right? Right? Doesn't mean I accept their behavior or I allow it to affect me, but I, 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 you have to have a boundary in your life, right? Where love is where you live and no one can cross that line, right? God wants healthy relationships in your life. Right? That's, Satan will try and pervert love and compassion and try and just get, well, you should just love everybody, let everyone do what they want in your life. That's not love. That's foolishness. Amen. Jesus didn't let anyone do whatever they wanted in their life. There was a time when it came where he had to be crucified. Then he allowed it, but you don't have to do that. He did it for you. Amen. Right? So your, your uh, calling is not to be crucified. Amen. It's to be risen, Amen. to live a resurrection life. Amen. 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 But that the world... Now, this is, only, this is the Greek word sozo. This is how the Amplified translates. The world might find salvation and be made safe and sound through him. Why does the amplify? How does the Amplified get that out of a sozo in the Greek? You've got to dereligify yourself. Sozo in the Greek means made whole. To be safe, to be sound, to be put back together again. And religion has taught people being saved means going to heaven, but it doesn't. If you're saved, you will go to heaven. But being saved be, means being put back together again. Yes. Yes. Being made whole. Yes. Being safe. Yes. Being sound. Yes. That's what it means. Yes. It's shocking when you've been in religion and you hear the real gospel. It's like, wait, 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 what, 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 what? <laughs> so according to Jesus, an intimate relationship with God as my Father brings safety into my life. Wow. Right? Jesus is talking here, isn't he? So an intimate relationship with God as my father brings safety to my life, brings soundness of being to my life. Since the time our kids were little, if they ever fell, we'd go get them up and we'd say, you've got the helmet of salvation on. Told Judah the same thing after he took his tumble. you got the helmet of salvation on. Amen. Safety. This is a reality. So if an intimate relationship with God is Father, not a religious relationship, knowing that Jesus is Lord is good, but it's not helpful. You need to put your faith in him Amen. as your Lord. Yes. Yes. Then things begin to change. Amen. It needs to become personal. And then your heart and God's heart have to come together. That's what Jesus is talking about. So if an intimate relationship produces these things, a lack of an intimate relationship hinders these things. If I'm just a person coming to church and, yeah, I've put my faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of my sins and I'm waiting to go to heaven someday, but I don't realize what my salvation includes, I'm not going to experience it. If I don't know that every promise from Genesis to Revelation has been made yes and amen for me through the blood of Christ, I'm not going to learn them, I'm not going to put my faith in them, I'm not going to speak them forth over my life. So lack of an intimate relationship, lack of intimacy with God as our Father is something we can't afford. And this is what the Christian life is about, intimacy with the creator of the universe. It's not about sacraments. It's not about lighting candles. It's not about crawling upstairs. It's not about stained glass windows and chapels. It's about the maker of heaven and earth's heart being joined with my heart. Amen. Amen. And you know, people have religified sin. You don't want to sin because you want to get to heaven. I don't want sin in my life because I want intimacy with the Father. And boy, when you've tasted of how good he is, and then Satan comes to tempt you with sin, you're like, no, thank you. <laughs> My heart's joined with God's heart. <laughs> no way. The world doesn't have anything to offer you. Nothing to offer you. Hallelujah. The shallow pleasure of the deceitful uh, lies of sin is nothing. Compared to the rich, satisfying, fulfilling, overflowing joy of intimacy with God as your father. Are you kidding? Pornography? What? No way. God loves me. He loves me and I want nothing more than him. God loves you. He, He loves us. He loves us. Drugs? No way. Ah. I want a new drug. One that won't make me sick. Dun, 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 dun. Huey Lewis, you guys remember that tune? <laughs> Love, baby, it's the new drug. Yeah. Sin loses its allure when you realize how much God loves you. When you realize his heart is open to you 24-7. Thank you, Lord. This is what Jesus had with God the Father when he walked the earth. He had this intimate relationship. He didn't let religion put him in a box. And that's why he did what he did. It was out of intimacy with God as his Father. And we have been given that same relationship through the sacrifice of Christ. There's nothing keeping you from being intimate with God anymore. You say, what about this sin in my life? God's forgiven you of it. He's broken the power of it. Turn your back on it and walk away. You're free. Sin has no hold on you anymore. It has no hold on you. We're dead to sin. We're alive to God in Christ. So don't let the sin that you may have committed in the last week, don't let the devil use that to condemn you, to keep you from being intimate with God. It's in your past. Anything prior to now is in your past. So move forward. That's not who you are. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. Free from sin. Full of His Spirit. A new creation in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. That's why it was said of Jesus in Acts 1038 that he went about doing good. Right. Not condemning, doing good, and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Oh, it's the devil who oppresses. Don't let him do it to you. Second Corinthians 6.18 kind of sums up the dream, the father's dream, and, and let's read that. It says, And I will be a father to you. Now I know we've, you know, you may have had some I had some challenges in my relationship with my, my dad. It got pretty, pretty rough um, to the point of life and death at one point. But uh, you know what? God's a perfect father. And I love my earthly father, and I, I forgave him and I prayed, prayed for him. Uh, he's actually, I believe, in heaven now. Um, but regardless of what kind of biological father you've had, God is the perfect father that your heart has been longing for. All right, And I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me. That's the father's dream. If you just go back a couple verses, it says, I will dwell in them in verse 16. I will dwell in them. Talk about intimacy. I'm going to live in them. I'm going to walk in them. That's why Jesus did what he did, because the father was walking in him. It was the father in Jesus healing the sick. He did what his father did. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. That's the father's dream right there. See, this is what God wants. He wants the earth to be full of his kids. Full of people who know him. Who have a personal, experiential knowledge of his amazing love, his amazing grace, his compassion, his kindness, his healing power, his wisdom, his provision, his joy that nothing can stop. He wants people, he wants the earth full of these people. And that's you. So in this series, we're going to talk about the father's dream being born in the earth, back in Genesis. Then we're going to talk about the Father's dream being broken, and then the Father's dream restored through Christ. All right? And this is my prayer, and you can join with me. And this is for not only us here, but everyone listening or watching on Facebook and who may watch this video later. My prayer is that each and every one of us would... Develop a greater revelation of God's love for us, of the Father's dream, that the course of our lives would be transformed, that whatever changes we may need to make, we would make, that we would move in the Father's direction for our lives. Because we're not living for the American dream, we're living for the Father's dream. The American dream pales in comparison to what the Father has for you. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth and he adds no sorrow to it. Did I make that up? I didn't. How do you know? Oh, you must have read your Bible. Where's that at in the Bible? Proverbs 10. All right, good. Don't believe anything just because a pastor says it. That would be a foolish reason to believe anything. Look in the Word. Does it line up with the person of Jesus Christ as recorded in Matthew through Acts? He's the way, the truth, and the life. So let's take a look at the Father's dream being born in the earth. Let's go all the way back to the beginning with Phil Collins and Genesis. <laughs> Do you know Phil Collins was in the Bible? I grew up in the 80s, sorry. There was a band called Genesis. And <laughs> Uh, what's that tune? Oh, give me a Phil Collins tune. What's a Phil Collins tune su- su- studio <laughs> <All right. laughs> Huey Lewis Phil Collins right <laughs> 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 <Hashtag laughs> now Yeah, right, right <laughs> <laughs> and grew up in the 80s. <laughs> Genesis chapter 1. Now, this is powerful. We're going to see the Father speaking forth his dream into the earth. Wow. This is powerful. So, now, okay, we're, we're clear. Get ready. We like to make sure those goggles aren't on, those religious goggles. I'm going to read you two verses. Then we'll read some more. Verse 1. In the beginning. Don't 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 go past this verse. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Stop. Perfection, right here. Perfection, beauty that you haven't even imagined yet. And we look at the world around us and say, "Boy, that's a beautiful sun. That's a beautiful mountain range. It's a beautiful ocean." But you know what? If we would have seen the world then. And we would look at the earth now, we'd say, oh, what happened? Because the earth we see now is not this earth. We're looking at an earth that's been crushed under the curse of sin for thousands of years. It's falling apart. But this right here in one is perfect. And it's the only place we're going to see it in the Bible. Stay with me. I'm going to shock you. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then something happens in verse 2. This is the dream of the Father. Beauty, provision, abundance, no storms, no tornadoes, no hurricanes, no murder, no crime, no war, no lack. But something happens in verse 2. Let's look at verse 2. You guys doing okay? The earth was formless and void, and darkness. Wait a minute. God is none of those things. Those are the opposite of God. God is perfect form. He's He's abundance, not emptiness. He's light, not darkness. What happened? The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Most people read right through this and miss it. Something happened between verse 1 and verse 2. The dream of the Father was interrupted. The earth in verse 2 is not the same earth in verse 1. It was not in the same condition. Let me say it that way. Something happened. Now, we're going to explain a little bit of this. If you want more detail, we went into this more elaborately back in August in the Jesus Tree series. On August 6th, 2017, you can go to our website, highwaychurch.us. If you use Apple products, you click on the Apple. If you, if you just listen to any other product, click on the podcast button. Go back to August 6th, 2017, the Jesus Tree Part 5, and we go into a much more in-depth explanation of this but for time's sake we're going to touch on it here okay so this little word go back to verse 2 the earth was that little word was there in the hebrew actually can be translated became boys that changed things see if you don't if you don't understand i mean just knowing the character of god you know something happened right because he doesn't create things empty and void and 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 dark Right? he—he's None of those things are part of his character. So that, let's put it up with the uh, definition in there. The, uh, and the earth became formless and void. Wow. The living Bible. Let's put that up there with, an, with the alternate translation. The earth became a shapeless, chaotic mass. Now we're starting to see something here, aren't we? Right? The message says it this way. The earth became... A soup of nothingness. A bottomless emptiness. An inky blackness. Whoa. What happened between verse 1 and 2? I'll tell you. Lucifer and the angels who sided with him rebelled against God the Father, and they were cast down where? To To the earth. Remember what Jesus said? I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. This is when it happened between verse 1 and verse 2 of chapter 1 of Genesis. And they wreaked havoc on the earth. They tore it up into a shapeless, chaotic mass, and this grieved the heart of God. This is not who He is. This is not His dream. And in verse 3, you see the Spirit of God hovering above this mess. And he's waiting for the word of the Father to be spoken because this is not the Father's dream. So in verse 3, the Father speaks and his authority is released in the earth. And he reestablishes his authority in the earth and light, illumination of who he is, fills the earth. Genesis 1.3, the Father said, let there be light. And there was light. We know in the Hebrew, there's just two words there. It says, light be. That word light means illumination in every sense. What is God doing? He's speaking His nature back into the earth. He's releasing the knowledge of his nature and will into the earth. He's releasing the knowledge of his glory, of his love, and his goodness back into the earth. Verse 4, God saw that the light was good. And look here, this is interesting. And God separated the light from the darkness. It was not removed, the darkness. But he says he separated it. What does that mean? Separate means to distinguish between. God made a very clear distinction between who he is and who Satan is in the earth when he spoke. He made sure that all of creation could clearly see the difference between him and Satan and his fallen angels. Why? Because Satan tries to turn God's creation against the Creator. Isn't that what he does? He tries to pervert the things that God created. So God separated that. He made it very clear. This is not who I am. I am light. I am love. I am joy. I am peace. Hallelujah. All right. For time's sake, we'll just summarize these next verses here. So day one was... God's presence released in the earth, the light of God, the illumination of his nature covers the earth, and he makes a very clear distinction in the earth between himself and Satan day one, and it was good. Day two, starting in verse six, God divides the waters from below the firmament, the sky, to to the waters above, so the sky is created, the waters are separated, and it was good. Day three, verses nine through thirteen. God gathers the waters and dry land appears. The earth and the seas are formed. And the earth brings forth grass, herbs, fruits, vegetables, no weeds, no thorns. Why? It's not the Father's dream. There's a lot of stuff in this earth now that it wasn't that way when God created it. Jesus wore a crown of what? On thorns why because thorns were a part of the curse Jesus wore the curse upon himself when he was crucified right so you can look at creation now and say what was God thinking well that wasn't what he was thinking it's been perverted by the curse of sin okay hallelujah day four day three was good day four he speaks in lights now come into heaven now remember light was already in the earth light was his presence Now, the stars weren't made yet. There was no sun, no moon. He didn't speak that yet. But it was fully illuminated by his presence. Right? So day four, he speaks, and now there are stars in the sky. The sun and moon to govern the day. And it was good. Day five, he speaks, and living creatures come forth in the waters. Wow. I'd like to be Aquaman. Just watch that happen. Wouldn't that be cool? And these living creatures didn't need each other. Isn't that amazing? They didn't eat each other. They ate the the vegetation of the sea. Amazing. Why? Because God had spoken. His peace was now reigning in the earth. That wasn't there in verse 2 of Genesis. That was there in verse 1. Now it's reestablished. His peace is reigning in the earth now. And then day 6. Oh, actually, in day 5, he speaks and, and birds appear in the atmosphere. Wow. And it was good. Day six, here's the day. He speaks and the earth produces living creatures, right? Now you've got the cheetah and the bear and the elephant, right? And they didn't eat each other. That didn't happen until after the curse of sin came upon the earth, right? We're going to see that as we read a little further in Genesis. And then the epitome of his dream happens. Day six, the father's dream is born. He decides to make beings that are just like Him. And His plan is to fill the earth with them. That's That's right. Let's look at verse 26 of Genesis 1. Anyone asleep yet? We doing okay? Alright, good. Verse 26. Here it is. The Father's speaking. Let us Make man in our image. Why is that in the plural? You know, God the Father. God the Son. God the Holy Spirit. Board meeting, right? Right? Let us make man in our image. Boy, that's a powerful word, that word image. You know, the word image comes from the Latin imago, and it means to imitate in fact, if you talk about an image in computing, you are talk about making an exact copy of a computer's hard drive. And when you do that with a computer, when you make an image of a hard drive, it's an exact copy, and it's made for backing up data and for setting up new machines. God put an exact copy of himself inside of Adam and Eve. So they can reproduce him in the earth. Let us make exact copies of ourselves. God the Father. God the Son. God the Holy Spirit. God put his nature in man. You are made in the image of God. According to our likeness. Let them have what? Some translations, you know what that word means? Sovereignty. Sovereignty. God gave them sovereignty over the earth. Wow. Does that fly in the face of some theology, right? Uh Is God sovereign? Yes. Yes. But he gave man sovereignty over the earth. By the way, God's sovereignty means he's above all. It doesn't mean he's controlling everything. That's ignorance. God is not controlling everything in the earth. We see that clearly in the scriptures, clearly in the ministry of Jesus. He gave them dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Remember, darkness had left, right? It was just under the authority of God's word now. That included Satan and his demons, right? God gave man sovereignty, dominion over Satan and his devils. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. This isn't a blasphemy. This is the father's dream. Boy, has religion got it backwards. They don't want you to know this. They want you to crawl and beg and cry and try harder and feel bad about your failures. No, you are made in God's image. You're his kid. He's your father and he loves you. Put your head up. Take a deep breath and run in the love of your father. You're free. I run in the path of your commands for you. Set my heart free. So God created man in his own image, in the image of, the exact likeness of God. He created him. Male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them. Why did he bless them? Because he loves them. Yeah. God loves you. He loves the world. Remember John 3.16? For God so loved the world. He blesses people. doesn't curse them. He blesses them. Then God blessed them because he's a good, good father. Then God blessed them and God said to them, don't you make a mistake, you better fly right. No. No, he said, be fruitful. I want you to prosper, I want you to multiply. I want you to enjoy who I am. I want you to fill the earth with my presence. I want you to subdue it. Subdue it. Why does he say subdue? That's a military term. Darkness was still in the earth. Satan and his devils were still there. I've given you dominion over them, I want you to keep them under your feet have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air over every living thing that moves on the earth and God said see behold realize what I've done for you realize who you are in me I have given you every herb that yields seed which is on the face of all the earth and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you it shall be for food And every beast of the earth, every bird of the air and everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life. I have given every green herb for food. And it was so. It's not that way anymore. All right. It's not that way anymore. Jesus pronounced all food clean. Right. Right. So you can eat meat now. There's a different time we're in. Don't try and go back to the Genesis diet. We're not in Genesis anymore. Live the new creation life. Use your faith. I have given every greener fruit. Verse 31, then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. The only thing that he said was very good was day six, when his dream was realized, the Father's dream. So the evening and the morning were there the sixth day. were the sixth day. Wow. Isn't that powerful? This is how God wanted it. This was his will. Men and women made in his image, fellowshipping with him, being his kids, him being their father, subduing the earth, being blessed, being fruitful, multiplying, increasing the devil under their feet, subduing Satan and his demons, exercising God's authority over them, not allowing Satan to destroy the earth again because you know he wanted to. You know he wanted to. This was eternal life we just read in Genesis. Adam and Eve had eternal life. (laughs) It's a quality of life, remember? Hallelujah. If we get in the next section, we're not going to stop for a while, so I think we might have to stop here. (laughs) This was eternal life. This was an intimate relationship with God as their father. Man lacked nothing. And this is the father's dream. So next week we're going to look at the father's dream when it was broken. And we're going to see that Satan stole the sovereignty that God gave to Adam. Adam allowed that to happen, not God. And Satan became the God of this world, but hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus came and restored God's dream. So next week, we're going to see how far we get. We'll look at the Father's dream broken, how Satan stole the sovereignty sovereignty over the earth that God gave to Adam. And we're going to see from the moment it was stolen, God began declaring the restoration of his dream in the earth. From the very moment, he began to speak forth again his nature into the earth. But the difference this time is, is when he spoke it in Genesis 1, verse 3, there were no uh, beings made in his image. So he spoke it, and without hindrance, it filled the earth. But this time, after Adam fell, he spoke his word into the earth, but now he needed human beings to believe it and exercise it for it to fill the earth. God can't do what he did in Genesis 1, 3 again, because now we're the vessels he flows through. Wow! See, in Genesis 1-3, he could just say light be, no interference, boom. But when he made you in his image, you're now his vessel. If God's going to move in the earth, he's got to do it through you. Oh, wow. I know this might be challenging to theology, but it's true anyway. We are the body of Christ. He's the head and we're his his body. Do you know the head can't do anything without the body? God wants to shine His light through us. And glory to God, we're going to let Him do it. We grab a hold of every promise. We're filling our hearts with His promises. We're renewing our mind to the reality of what He's done for us. Father, thank You for this time together. God, You're amazing. You are the Father we've longed for for our whole lives. And Lord, You have spoken. You raised up Your Son. And through Him, we have been raised up. We're new creations this morning. We're not failures anymore. We're not bound in sin anymore. We're your sons. We're your daughters. We're full of your very spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for transforming the course of our lives. Lord, we choose to devote our time and our energy and our resources to your dream, Father to your plans, to your purposes. We're living for your dream. Your heart has captivated ours, and we're forever yours. And there's nothing that compares with your love for us. Hallelujah. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life